Um, chapter 2, we see Elisha taking over Elijah's place. And we remember that back in chapter 19, God told Elijah to anoint Elisha, and I guess perhaps to train him as successor, and that's what's been happening. And so chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. And it came about when the Lord was about to take up Elijah by a whirlwind to heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know. Be still. Elijah said to him, Elisha, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The sons of the prophets who were at Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be still. Then Elijah said to him, Please stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Leave you. So the two of them went on. Now fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood opposite them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle and folded it together and struck the waters, and they were divided here and there, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. Now it came about when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. He said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it came about, as they were going along and talking, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind to heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And he saw Elijah no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. Okay, so uh, this is the day Elijah will be taken up to heaven. And uh, what does Elijah keep trying to get Elisha to do? Stay behind. And what does Elisha keep doing? Swearing that he won't. <laughs> yeah. He's very unbending in this determination that he will stay with Elijah. And so they go from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho to the Jordan, almost uh, the inverse of, say, the route Joshua took when he entered the land of Canaan. And, um, you know, the prophets keep telling Elisha, Do you know this is the day your master will be taken up? And he keeps saying, Yes. And uh, so when Elijah comes to the Jordan River, how does he get across? Whacked it with his robe. Does that Mental. remind you of anything? Yes. Yeah, Joshua also. And so they cross over. Elijah has a special request. Oh, Elisha has a special request for Elijah. What's his special request? 
double portion of your spirit. I wonder why you double portion. What would that indicate? Firstborn. Yes. Almost like being the heir to what Elijah was doing. And uh, that's what he, he's asking for. Um, what was Elijah's answer? Can he have it? If he sees him taken up, then he'll get it. What does that have to do with it? Why doesn't Elijah just give him the double portion and be done with it? I don't think it was his choice. That's exactly right. Uh, God is the one who gives the spirit. So I think the idea is that if he sees him taken up, that would be a sign that God had granted that request and given him, quote unquote, the double portion of his spirit. Um, so Elisha wants to be more or less the heir to the role that Elijah has. And sure enough, they're going along and there's this chariot of fire and horses of fire that, as I see it, must have more or less come down and swooped Elijah up and taken him up to heaven. That's kind of interesting uh, because Elijah went up to heaven in this fire. Remember when Elijah called fire down from heaven on groups of 50, and remember there's a group of 50 prophets here, several connections like that. What does Elisha say when he sees Elijah being swooped up? My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And why does he say that? I think that the my father, my father is, is kind of like an indication that he realizes, okay, I'm getting the double portion kind of thing. This is my father. I mean, he's. I think he's talking about Elijah. I agree with that. I think father means Elijah here. Why does he say, of all things, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen? Because he's really, I mean, now he did see chariots and horses, but they weren't really the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. And do you realize that that's not the only place that that phrase is used? Um, although I may have a hard time coming up with where else it's used. Isn't it in chapter 13? Is that when Elisha dies? Yes. King, one of the kings is it? Yeah, 13, 14, exactly. Elisha became sick and Jehoash, the king of Israel, came and said, My father, my father, the chariots of Israel and its horsemen. So this seems to have been sort of an expression. Wonder what it's saying. Well, think about this. What's the function of chariots and horsemen for a country? Yes. So you'd use them for battle. Well, who is really the key in the battle? I mean, I think it's saying Elijah is more effective for Israel in battle against evil than the horse and the chariots. You know, they, when, when Elijah goes up, it's like they're losing this, the horses and the chariots. They're, they're losing this, this stalwart, uh, you know, ally and uh, worth a lot more than horses and chariots. That's my take on that. It is an unusual expression. It seems kind of come out of the blue. 
So that's that's Elijah being taken up. That surely indicates God's approval of Elijah's career. Not that we would should have had much doubt about that. Who's the only other pe- person taken up like this who hadn't previously died? Mm-hmm. Enoch. At least taken up. I don't know if it's exactly like this, but it was taken up without dying. Jesus, of course, was taken up after he had died and been raised. Thoughts and comments? Why did the various groups of the sons of the prophets keep telling Elisha this? So he'd know. Did they think he didn't? You wonder. I don't know. Like as if maybe they'd been given a revelation and they didn't realize that Elisha also knew it. I don't know. I'm assuming they didn't know the other groups had told them. Right, right. But yeah, that's kind of interesting. Why would they have gotten the revelation to tell them? I don't, well, maybe they didn't get the revelation for the purpose of telling him. Maybe it was just so they would know. I don't know. How come Elisha didn't have to uh, listen to what Elijah was telling him when he said, stay here? I guess because it wasn't, Elijah wasn't saying it so much as an order as kind of like, you can stay here. That's my guess, is that it wasn't intended to be like a command as much as just, you know, kind of alleviating him from the need to travel all this way. Uh, That's my best guess. Why did he keep trying to leave him behind? I have no idea. (laughs) There's several curiosities in this. We're told several things, and yet there's a lot of things missing I'd like to know. Wasn't Elisha a little bit reluctant to follow Elijah to start with? So maybe this is kind of a test. Are you going to follow me to the end? I don't know how reluctant he was, but he did say goodbye to his family first. And so maybe. And it is a test. I mean, it does show you Elisha is bound and determined he's going to be there uh, with, with Elijah. I mean, you know, he's got good, you know, toughness, I guess, for this kind of thing. Uh, to not be willing to take no for an answer. Other thoughts? All right, how about 13 to 22? He also took up the mantle. Is that where we're at? Yeah. Yeah. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and returned and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and struck the waters and said, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the waters, where they were divided here and there, and Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho opposite him saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said to him, Behold now, there are with your servants fifty strong men. Please let them go and search for your master. Perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him up and cast him on some mountain or into some valley. And he said, You shall not send. But when they urged him until he was ashamed, he said, Send. They sent therefore fifty men, and they searched three days, but did not find him. And they returned to him while he was staying at Jericho, and he said to them, Did I not say to you, Do not go? Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Behold now, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my Lord sees, but the water is bad, and the land is unfruitful. And he said, Bring me a new jar, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. And he went out to the spring of water and threw salt in it and said, Thus says the Lord, I have purified these waters. There shall not be from their death or unfruitfulness any longer. So the waters have been purified to this day according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke. 
So, and then he comes back, Elisha, to the Jordan with Elijah's mantle. He says, where is the Lord, the God of Israel, and what happens when he strikes the waters? They divide. They divide, and who does this remind you of? Elijah. Elijah, and who did he remind you of? Joshua. Joshua. And which one is more like Joshua in this? Elisha. Because? They're going into the land. Yes, very good. And do you know anything about the name Elisha? God is salvation. Do you know anything about the name Joshua? The Lord is salvation. The Lord is salvation. Do you know what the Greek equivalent of Joshua is? Jesus. Jesus. So essentially, with God in place of Jehovah, Yahweh, Elisha is the same name as Jesus. And he's kind of the alter ego of, ego of Joshua as he goes into the land. And think about this. Who is the New Testament equivalent of Elijah? John the Baptist. Who prepared the way for? Jesus. And Elijah prepared the way for? And I want you to start looking for things in the Elisha stories that remind you of Jesus. I think Elijah is a great parallel to John the Baptist, and Elisha is a type of Jesus. Now, I don't know that that's so much drawn out in the New Testament, but I think you will see some incredible parallels between uh, Elisha and Jesus. All right, so... What do some of the prophets want to do? Send a search party to find Elijah. And, you know, Elisha doesn't think that's necessary, but they're bound to determine, so it's like, well, okay, go. <laughs> and guess what? Didn't find it. Like, well, yeah, I knew you wouldn't, you know. It always saves trouble to listen to prophet. He's a prophet of God. And uh, then they have this situation with the bad water, and he throws salt into the water, and it's purified and uh, potable, drinkable. Um, so if you have bad water, just throw salt in it, and that'll take care of it, right? Right. Yeah. Only if Elisha does it for you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, many, many <laughs> things like that that happened once in history when God said for it to. You know, many unrepeatable miracles. All right, comments or questions on that? Is there supposed to be a parallel between that being like the first miracle, well, besides the crossing of the Jordan, and like Jesus' first miracle being the water to wine? I don't know. That's interesting. They both dealt with water. Mm -hmm. So maybe. Good, good thought. Other thoughts? These sons of the prophets at Jericho were the very ones that told him that his master was going to be taken up from him, and yet they're the ones <laughs> who think he's gone somewhere. to go look for him. But their, their idea is not that he wasn't taken up, but he was taken up and deposited somewhere else. <laughs> okay, he got you, dropped? Like yeah. He thought it was a real tornado? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe it was just a transportation mechanism. I don't know. Why would they want to find him? Blue powder. Do what? Blue powder from Harry Potter. Oh, I've got to read Harry Potter. 
Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems kind of like, well, you know, Elisha should have known. Why didn't they listen to him? I don't really know. Seems weird. Did people try to look for Moses? I don't know. I just thought, although there was a... Dispute over his body. There was a dispute over his body between uh, Michael, Michael and, and Satan. Satan. Maybe that's what I was thinking. And Jude. I thought people would... I don't know. I, does it say that? I don't think it says that. Remember. I could be wrong. It's been a while since I've read Deuteronomy 34. Well, any time I've slept since then, I have less confidence in my... Uh, But in the first Enoch um, account of the one that Jude is referencing about them disputing over the body, it was going to be brought to the Israelites so that they could worship it. So would it be in the same sense here that they're going to find him to worship his body wherever he buried him on that? Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking. Were they thinking it was just going to be his dead body? Were they thinking he was going to be alive? I don't know. You might say that about several of Elisha's miracles. You remember some of the others? Making the axe head float. That's that's a good one. Yeah, making that. Well, what was so important about the axe head? It was borrowed. It was borrowed. Remember some more? The poison of lead. <laughs> I mean, the poison in the stew. The poison in the stew and multiplying the food and... She bears. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. That's a little different. What do you see as a common theme in many of those miracles? A greater theme or a greater... Pur What's the purpose of Eli many of Elisha's miracles? They were done for someone else. Yeah, doing it for somebody else. They look like Christ miracles. They look like Christ miracles. Acts of compassion, acts of mercy, often in what seem like not very important situations except to the people involved. You know, these were not, many of them were not like earth-shattering miracles that are going to have a huge impact on society as a whole or on some great nation. They were more you know, individual things for, for different people. Does that remind you of Jesus? I mean, how many times did Jesus heal people or whatever just because they came to him? So I think Elisha's kind of the, uh, he's the uh, one who blesses the little guy. I don't know, th other thoughts and comments on that? Well, we've all been eager to get to this uh, last part, 23 to 25. And he went up from there to Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, young lads came out from the city and mocked him and said to him, Go up, you bald, bald head. Go up, you bald head. When he, looked behind him, when he looked behind him and saw them, he cursed them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and tore up the 42 lads of their number. And he went from there to Mount Carmel, and from there he returned to Samaria. Okay, so they go up to Bethel, and these young lads come out from the city and mock him. 
and say, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head. Now, you notice some things. Where did these guys come up from? Bethel. Bethel. Uh, Bethel has some uh, noteworthy uh, things about it. What's the most noteworthy thing at the moment about Bethel? No, she wasn't Bethel. Where was she from? Well, she was from Sidon originally, and then uh, the capital was moved from Terza to Samaria. It's in Bethel of the Golden Calf. Yes, the Bethel of Golden Calf fame. So remember that. The term lads here does not necessarily mean like a little boy, uh, maybe teenagers and young adults. Um... What are they saying? What does it mean, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head? What's that all about? Do what your master did. Yes. Go up in the sense of what happened to Elijah. He went up, you go up. Why would they want him to go up like that? He won't be there. Yeah, they wanted to get rid of him. You go up too. They didn't like his message, evidently. And so they were hoping that that you know he would go up. It, it's it's a mockery, you know. They they're just uh, yeah, go up, come on, go up, you go up, you know, get out of here. Reminds me of Second Chronicles thirty six sixteen. Really, starting in Second Chronicles thirty six fifteen, the Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by his messengers, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they continually mocked the messengers of God, despised his words, and scoffed at his prophets, until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, until there was no remedy. God doesn't like his prophets being mocked. So what happens to these mockers? Yeah. How many? Two. And what do they do? Wow. This is kind of like God's enforcement team. You know, you mock his prophet, you get in trouble with uh, the Lord, and he'll send the she-bears. Now, what about this idea of calling him bald head? That's what people often think the problem here was. I don't think so. What what would be what would be a good reason why they would call him bald headed? Well, Elijah was kind of hairy. Exactly, he? he's the opposite of Elijah. Elijah was a hairy man. Remember when Ahaziah, you know, asked the messengers who were intercepted by him, what did he look like? Oh, he's a hairy man. Was like, oh, that's Elijah. You know, yeah. Um, that's in Second Kings one uh, about verse. Uh, Eight. So I think by contrast, Elisha was an unhairy man. You know, he was a bald-headed man. I don't think the point, I don't think they're using bald-headed here necessarily as a derogatory thing. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Is bald-headed worse than being hairy? Uh, I mean, we might not like to be called either one. <laughs> but uh, but I think that that's not the point. The point is they want to get rid of him. They want him to go up and leave him like Elijah had. That was mocking God's prophet. That's my take. Thoughts and comments. Seems funny that the two bears could kill forty-two people. That wouldn't <laughs> that wouldn't be like a ten-minute operation. 
usually you just have to be faster than the other guy, not faster than the bear, right? <laughs> yeah, so I wonder if the bears, you know, stalk the community for weeks or what happened. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, it's not, I mean, think about it. Let's say you had a crowd of 100 people, two bears come running out. How many people, how many people could they catch before they all scattered? I know. Yeah, yeah, you'd love to have seen that. I, I don't know, uh, God put an invisible fence around them or something and kept them in there or stun, stun them to where they, I don't know, that doesn't, it doesn't seem like, uh, well, you know, it wouldn't take very many people for the bears to maul before I think I would have gotten in a bear-proof place. And it's 42 even old. Well, I guess that's, that's interesting too tore up 42 lads of their number. I suppose it's possible there were 542 and they just managed to get 42 of them. I don't know. Was this almost like a a mob scene? Before, I mean, the, the young lads come out from the city. We know there are at least 42 of them and they're, they're harassing Elisha. And I'm just, it just makes me think of you know, a, a mob scene in, in the negative sense of impending riot or they're going to tear him to pieces because they don't like him and they get torn to pieces. Could be. I mean, it may have just been verbal too, but yeah. So was he going to Bethel? Uh, you he, went to, he went to Bethel, 23. He's going up by the way, so I guess by the way to Bethel, or by the way from Bethel. I don't the know. first part of 23 says he went up from there to Bethel. He was going up by the way, so oh. I don't know. In 25, so he went to Mount Carmel. By yeah. On maybe. his way to Mount Carmel and then to okay. Maybe so. so. Is there anything to the fact that he's backtracking exactly all the places that Elijah? You're right. Good observation. Yeah. I think probably true in, in Joshua's trail. Perhaps. Including the Jordan and Jericho and Bethel and Samaria and Carmel. Mm -hmm. But Carmel and Samaria might be out of order. So at least to some extent he's following, inverting Elijah's trail and following Joshua's. And then all the way to meeting Jehoshaphat? And <laughs> yeah, and being down there below Edom or whatever. <clears throat> he gets around. Of course, we don't know how much time is passing by here, too. Well, could one of the reasons why he went back along those places was to let the sons of the prophets in those places know what was going on? I don't know. They already knew, remember? <laughs> well, they knew what was supposed to happen, and it happened, but they did, wouldn't have necessarily have known that Elisha would have received a double portion and, and all of the confirmation. Mm -hmm. Is there anything to do with the number 42 being a multiple of 7 and 6 numbers in the Bible that represent totality and evil and the 42 here? Or is that just reading way too much into it? I don't know. It may be pushing us for a six to be meaningful outside of the book of Revelation. Sure. So I don't know. 
I would tend to think not, but who's to say? Oh my! Oh no. <laughs> You're thinking like Cameron? I was thinking of the number and the significance. Wow, I'm surprised you could do that math. Other comments or questions on chapter two? Is this the only reference to his bald head? I don't think there's any other. Chapter three, verses one to five. 